Welcome to the Enrooted Podcast, the landowner podcast to empower you with inspiration, new perspectives, and quick tips for your forest management and land ownership journey. I got the opportunity to speak at the Society of American Foresters National Convention in Sacramento, California last week. And it was there that I shared tips on how to communicate better with women landowners, especially women in the middle of an inheritance transition to increase trust. Why does this matter? Because as foresters, trust is crucial to work with a landowner to work with you. But when it comes to being a woman in that transitional period, there's a lot of uncertainty and doubt. And of course, being on guard in anticipation to being taken advantage of, to constantly internal questioning if what's being presented is truthful, if what's being shared is right, and is it best for them? So I taught a 60-minute seminar explaining these factors plus three tips to start integrating so we as foresters can help establish our trust in a genuine manner as well as emphasize our recommendations in a way you can best understand whether you're in a transitional state or not, if I'm honest. So today, I'm flipping the script because I recognize as foresters who are naturally very analytical in nature may not necessarily be able to simply explain their prescriptions or their recommendations importance to you. And sometimes, sometimes it's our responsibility as landowners to ask better questions, to be able to receive those more specific answers for our concerns. So today, I'm going to share three tips or questions you can use if you're having a hard time getting the answers you need to make a more informed and confident decision. These tips are also crucial for you to make sure you are providing the right answers to your forester too, which helps them help you better through the right plans. Colossians 4 verse 6 says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Listen to that. So that you may know how to answer everyone. I know this verse is specifically referring to spreading the gospel, but I find wisdom in these same verses to be able to answer any questions in our daily lives. Wisdom to help us always be full of grace in our answers, which helps us better let our goodness, our light, show as we are instructed in Matthew 5.16. Now, I'm saying ways to talk better, easier, more confidently with your forester. But the truth is you can use these tips when talking with any natural resource professionals to gain clarity. For example, you know, foresters, as I just mentioned, but there's also biologists or an NRCS agent, soil scientists, extension agents, and so on. So what are these tips? Let's dive right in. Number one, this is for you first. You need to know your why, your purpose, your land's purpose, okay? Everything always needs to be aligned with your why and your purpose. This is how you're able to ensure you're making the right and best decisions for you. Knowing your why, having a solid foundation of your land's purpose is how you gain confidence in your management actions. Because without this, you and everyone else are essentially shooting arrows into the dark and just praying that something lands somewhere you can be content with, but unable to give a clear direction of what and why things are off and how to even correct them. If you've never really thought through your why factor or even know what I'm talking about when I say all of this, be sure to check out our free beginner landowner journal at www.landandladies.com slash beginner dash landowner dash journal and if you can't figure that out just give me an email at landandladies at gmail.com and i'll make sure i send you the links you can get that download in that three-day complimentary video series 
that walks you through the journal itself. But once you have your why statement, your motivating why factor, truly knowing what your land's purpose is for you and your family's life, you can now make sure recommendations and plans align with it. This is now your target, let's say, to shoot arrows at. You now have a board to measure how quote-unquote on point or off target advice or program enrollments are getting you to what aligns with your values and goals. That's the why factor. So if you don't truly understand the advice being provided to you, ask them this. How does this help me get to fill in the blank into your why statement here? For example, it may sound something like this. How does this help me support my kids' college tuition funding? Or how is this going to help supplement my retirement income? Or perhaps, how does this help me restore the environment? So these are just a couple of examples of purposes I have heard people have as their motivational purpose they have with their land. At this point, they should be able to explain the benefit of doing whatever it is, the timber harvest, the planting of lawbally pines, the prescribed burning, the stream crossing, whatever that recommendation is, it should have a purpose to align back to help you reach your goals. If they can't answer how it's going to help you meet your purpose, it's a sign of either one, perhaps it's not a good time to implement that operation, or two, that program, although helpful, will only prolong you reaching your goals, or even three, that forester or professional may not be a good fit for you. And that's okay, because not everyone is meant for everybody. For example, I'm not meant for everybody. My use of scripture as a backing and foundational layer to my trainings and advice greatly offends some. And others, it brings strong, purposeful convictions to make them feel more connected with their management. That's okay. Some people will be a thousand percent on board with the analytical data that show how carbon sequestration, you know, the carbon, the carbon stuff that I can't actually say. And how that is improved by doing this planting and harvest rotation and others will be turned off by the longevity and science data of it all. And that's okay too. That's why I love this question first, because it truly helps you weed out those you will not connect with, programs you do not align with, so you do not waste time in uncertainty and frustrations with things and with people you simply don't connect with. Your communication and action is intentional and on the right path. And of course, it's even biblical to be aligned with all of your work. Proverbs 3.6 says, In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. In everything we do, there is a path, but you need to be able to define what that path is and where you're trying to go. Okay, so tip number two. Next question. If you're uncertain on what's being provided or recommended, ask for alternatives. Sometimes having the comparison of two options can help paint a better visual of what you're trying to accomplish. This can also show you the opportunity costs of both answers, which can help you feel more confident in whichever decision you decide to make. For example, if the recommendations was to do a herbicide spraying after a thinning operation, the alternative may be to do a prescribed burn treatment. Now, the obvious reason can be seen better that the purpose was for competition control, all right, to help eliminate nuisance saplings from resprouting or shrubs from taking over the understory. One has a greater window of opportunity and longer impact than the other, but burning has its own benefits and risks. But having the two side by side, along with your understanding again, your why factor to align with, you can start having a more effective back and forth with the forester of why they chose one recommendation over the other. 
You can see here how asking this one question, what are the alternatives, can spark ideas and conversations which may lead you to additional follow-up questions. In any case, you are getting more clear and distinct answers when you ask for a comparison of alternatives over when you just say, why? Why do we need to do this? The answer may be, well, for the herbicide example we just gave, because we want to control the resprouting competition. You see how this may not lead to as many follow-up questions from you or spark further conversation to give you the clarity you need. Let's do another example, okay? What's the alternative to clear-cutting? Because we all know I love a solid clear-cut harvest. Well, this could spark a conversation to lead to a second or third thinning or a do-nothing scenario with details on the pros, cons, opportunity, and risk of all of the above. Compared to a, why should I clear cut? And an answer being, the markets are great right now. You have dry land in this wet weather. Your trees are 30 years old already. They need to be harvested. As much as I completely agree with those statements, because they're not wrong, again, we can clearly see how this may not give you as much certainty as much confidence in that recommendation than when you ask for the alternatives and now having conversations on your potentially three different options. Clear cut now, thin, if it is a reasonable option of course, or do nothing, which should also have some additional details and give you some conversational points to make a confident decision moving forward. Again, understanding the alternatives is also a wise and biblical aspect. In Joshua chapter 24, verses 15 through 16, Joshua shares with the people alternatives to serving God. See what he says here and how they respond. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far from it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It goes back and forth for a little while in different dialogues to ensure they truly understand what they are accepting. But we see here how they were presented with the alternatives so they can make a confident decision moving forward. All right, tip number three. Your last question you can ask, simply say you don't fully understand and if they have any examples you could see in person or resources they can share with you. Now foresters love to show off their work in the field. But due to your work schedules, if you actually live near the site or their workload, if you're not talking to a consultant, for example, they may not be able to actually drive you to any up-close and personal field tours, or you may not be able to go yourself. But if you can, this is a great way to have them show you the action on the ground. And usually, the, it's the latter version of what they're attempting to get you to. Not necessarily that ugly operational transition. But again, foresters take great pride in the work they do with the land. And sometimes it's simply easier for us to show you the work, the effort, the vision than it is to verbally describe it, in which you may not be painting that same picture in your mind's eye as we have in ours. Seeing things and examples on the ground in person is a great way to get on the same page as well as can spark questions of things you see that you like or that you don't like. But if that's not possible due to the multitude of reasons I had already mentioned, then asking for follow-up resources is a great alternative to help you get more familiar with the jargon being used, with the purposes and intentions of different practices, and if it's resources they share with you, is a virtual way to get on the quote-unquote same page about how they anticipate moving forward and executing the work. Now, I said that they share with you, 
because if you just go off and Google terms and various forest management practices yourself, you may receive vastly different explanations and visuals. Not that they're wrong per se, but they may be wrong for your timber type or your region. For example, if you do a simple Google of best way to harvest, you're going to get answers which vary from regeneration cuttings, which seems to be Oregon's way to say clear cuts from this Google immediate first page answer, which we all know is the one we're always going to read anyways. But if you scroll down some more, you'll see clear cutting as the solution from Michigan State. Selective harvesting, if you use that drop down arrow for a follow up on most sustainable type of timber harvesting recommendation they give you, because hey, we all want to be sustainable, right? Which is an answer written by Nature's Packaging, which seems to be a company in Virginia. And if you press to read the blog article more than the Google snippet on the drop down menu, you'll see a slew of information from a variety of different type of logging options and they end their article which says, Sustainable logging practices combine common sense, careful study, and new technologies to improve the health of forests around the world. At the same time, they provide economic stability for many communities and meet the continuing demand for lumber and other forest-based products, which are all definitely things I agree with. But you can see how just pursuing Google can give you differing and confusing answers from across not only the US, but sometimes the world. And unless you click to read further, which if we're honest, how often do we actually read more past the first three lines before making a decision if it's actually a good fit for us? We can see how doing our own Google digging can sometimes cause more chaos to the clarity we're trying to gain. It's essentially Googling your medical problems and finding out you're going to have cancer or you should have been dead five minutes ago. So ask for the resources or trainings they recommend. And this way you can be sure to be at least on the same page of what they're trying to tell you, what they are thinking. And any additional Googling you do after that can either compare to their resource or bring to their attention through follow-up questions to explain. But at least you have the foundations of their point of view they're starting from. And if you hadn't guessed it by now, I'm going to bring in a biblical backing for this tip too. Proverbs. So much wisdom in Proverbs in this book, and I absolutely love it. Proverbs 18.15 says, The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. It is wise for us to want to continue to develop ourselves and continue to gain knowledge. But when you're doing so, make sure you are getting the same page and you're able to have those conversations. So to summarize today, three questions you can ask to increase your communication and confidence with your forester or other natural resource professionals. Number one, how does this align with my goals, purpose, why factor, whatever you want to call it. Number two, what are the alternatives to this? And number three, can you show me some examples or what are some resources or trainings I can look at to better understand? These three simple action questions are guaranteed to improve your communication and confidence with your forester or point out the right resources which are truly best for you. Be sure to share this podcast online or with a family or friend to help them improve their communication confidence for their land today. Then give us a shout out on how you use these tips in your land management efforts. We would love to hear from you. Until next time.